1: Longoria will start it for the Giants. Max Scherzer back to work as we go to the fifth inning. Fly ball left field. Hit pretty well. Back on it. He is calling.
0: This ball is carrying. And this ball is gone. Back to you all daily. Presented by FanDue Sportsbook. With Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth. From Back to you all
1: Headed by FanDuel Sportsbook, Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth here on a Tuesday morning. We got a lot to get into here on this Tuesday. We'll jump back to the NFL, some futures here. We got some baseball today. But right now joining us at the Roma guest line, John Jastrzemski of New York, New York podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network to talk some MLB, the playoffs. We'll jump to some NFL at some point, I'm sure, John. John, welcome to the show. Happy to have you in here with us. and. John, I know you're you're a Yankees guy. You're a New York guy. The Red Sox, I didn't see this coming. In the ALCS, are you starting to think about their World Series future? I mean, they do this every couple years, right, where it's like, ah, they're not really going to go win the World Series, and then they're in a World Series. Have you started to change your mind on on this Red Sox and and run and how far it could go here?
2: Unfortunately, the answer to this question is yes. And, you know, a week ago, if you would have told me the Boston Red Sox would be playing in the ALCS, I would have called you guys crazy. I wouldn't have believed you for a minute. But this team has a crazy amount of confidence. They mash. They play for Alex Cora. Cora is brilliant in these games. He's a major difference maker. I know a lot of people think the manager doesn't matter. I look at the Boston Red Sox and I make the argument, well, how can you make that case? The Red Sox are one of the worst teams in baseball last year. Now they're four wins away from World Series. Yes, I wish that I had the emotional hedge before the wildcard game, guys, and scrap and grabbed like 20 to 1 or 25 to 1, whatever the hell the total was. But whoever ends up winning this next series, yes, the Boston Red Sox can beat them. And I am very fearful that it's at least possible now that the Red Sox could go maybe and win another World Series.
0: Uh, JJ, let's stick in the American League. I know you jumped in on the White Sox series price after they lost their first game. Didn't get home for game number two. Don't know if you went back in before game number three. But uh, with the rain out yesterday, the White Sox decide to stick with Rodon this afternoon. And then the Astros, Dusty Baker says, okay, let's switch things up. Let's put our ace in game four on the road. Let's try to close out these White Sox. What do you think about today? We've got the Sox. Uh, White Sox as slight favorites over the Astros.
2: It's funny, Joe. I love Chicago going into this series. Then you watch the first two games and you realize the pedigree of the Houston Astros. I had the White Sox in game three. I don't like the idea that they had a day off to let this marinate. And I think Dusty Baker is playing this perfectly. It's aggressive. You got your ace and Lance McCullers, he's on regular rest. Why wait for a winner take all game five? Go for the kill right here and right now. Now, I'm invested in the Chicago White Sox series price. Do I feel particularly good about it? No. Do I wish I could get out of it? Yeah, but I'm going down with the ship, guys. That's the bottom line here. So I actually look at this line today and the way that the public and the kind of big money has split with this particular game leads me to believe that maybe the White Sox have a chance of forcing this to a game five. Now I'm going to like Houston's chances in a game five, even if they burn Lance McCullers because that lineup is relentless. They love playing in their home ballpark. They'll use pitchers left and right. I'm going to say the White Sox win today, and the Astros get it done in five.
1: Ooh, boy, that would be look. I, I'm rooting for all game fives. Give me, give me more game yeah. fives as possible. That that would be awesome to watch. John, let's jump to the NL last night a pitcher's duel out in Los Angeles The win played a factor in that game, which you don't usually see in LA. The Giants go in there and win. JJ, I was saying it yesterday on the show. I thought the Dodgers had to win the Max Scherzer start. I, like If, they lo- if they're lose, if they losing the Alex Wood Max Scherzer start, that's bad news. I've been on the Giants for a while. I think they could win the World Series. Would you, where are you on this series? Would you jump back on the Dodgers? They're getting 2-1 to one right now to come back and win this series. Or do you think the Dodgers are in trouble against Ella against the Giants?
2: Well, guys, full disclosure, I bet the Giants before this series started. I love them at plus 130. They had the most wins in baseball for a reason. And you kind of saw what they're all about last night. Max Scherzer is brilliant, but they play fabulous defense. Old Man Longoria hits a home run. They have the old candlestick park wins coming down to Dodgers Stadium because when Gavin Lux hit that ball in the ninth inning, I'm saying, oh. oh, geez, that ball is gone. This is tied. And then you see the outfield, the under it. It's like, well, what in the world happened here? I'm with you, Joe. I think the Giants are winning this series. They got two cracks to get it done. They've already beaten the Dodgers' two best pitchers. They beat Walker Buehler in game one. They beat Max Scherzer in game three, albeit it was only one to nothing. I'm staying right where I'm at. Now, I don't know if it's going to be in four or five Dodgers have pride. There's a reason why they won the World Series last year. But I still think this is game five. I'm going to like the Giants' chances. I think they're like that. We talk about the Red Sox kind of having that team of destiny vibe. In the National League, the Giants fit that to a team.
0: All right. So late this afternoon, we've got Brewers and Braves, game number four. know the pitching matchup you can bet on it but we're not quite sure what the matchup is over at FanDuel Sportsbook it's Atlanta favored uh, minus 142 Milwaukee plus 120 total of eight and a half council says it's not Burns should it be Burns well
2: you gotta wonder and you gotta ask how a pitcher is gonna handle coming and dealing with you know a little bit of a short rest deal right like I'm all for it I'm old school in that sense Joe I don't know how every single starting pitcher is going to be able to handle and deal and adjust to the idea of three days rest. And here's the one thing I would say from a Milwaukee standpoint. You need to win both games anyway. So, you know, if you don't think Burns can handle pitching on three days rest, you basically go all out to win today. You use everybody you got to use. And then you have your ace and the guy's been a rock star for you on regular rest. Back at home, ready to rock and roll. See, I can't speak to how he'd handle three days rest. You know what I mean? Because, like, some guys are wired to do it. We've seen that in the past. There are other guys who are Hall of Fame pitchers. I mean, all-time greats. You, you pitch them on three days rest, they stink. They, they can't yeah. handle it. It's just not in their DNA. It's not in their routine. It's not in their rhythm. There are certain managers I give the benefit of the doubt to because I think they're really good at their job. Craig Council is one of those guys. I think he's one of the best managers in baseball. I think he squeezed every last ounce of talent out of that Milwaukee team. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on this. But how about the job by the Atlanta Braves, guys? Atlanta loses Marcel Asuna, Ronald Acuna, Mike Soroka. They're one win away from an NLCS. No Mm -hmm. matter what happens for the Atlanta Braves, they've had a masterful season. Give them a lot of credit.
0: It's only a kick.
1: Oh, you're right. I mean, they look dead in July when they lost to Cunha. We were like, oh, that's it. They're dead. And then here they are. One win away from the NLCS. John, quick, I want to circle back something last week. Just your thought on it. I know you were there up in Fenway for the wild card game. Do you like the one game format for the wild card? I like it. I, I know it's not fair, but like i like that you have to win your division, that there's a real negative. You don't win your division. You're going to have to go play in that game. I, I think it adds urgency. It adds fun. I love it. It feels like a football playoff game. Where are you on the one-game playoff? Because, you know, baseball's always tweaking things. I hope they don't ruin it.
2: Joe, I don't like it. I love it. I think it's <laughs> fabulous. And think about the race you had with the Giants and the Dodgers. It makes winning your division matter. Uh, I don't want to hear from teams in the American League East, like Boston or Tampa. Uh, not Tampa, but Boston or the Yankees at Toronto. You let Tampa go and beat you for the division. Like, I'm not saying it's fair. I'm not saying it's right. If there was going to be a tweak, Joe, what I would suggest is maybe you recede and you make the four and the five go play in that game so you don't have a Dodger giant problem like you had this year where it's 108 and 106. I'm cool with that if they want to make that little tweak. But in general, I love the one-game playoff. I think it's great for the sport. Ton of fun. Winner go home, baby. That's it. I love it.
0: If you're jumping in blind right now, you don't have an MLB futures wager pending. Which team are you betting on? Houston's a favorite to win it all, and they're not even there.
2: The San Francisco Giants. The San Francisco Giants. Because I'm a sucker and a believer of a team of destiny. Um, If I had to hop on another the Boston Red Sox, unfortunately, would be the other. And maybe I'll do that just to get, like, the emotional hedge. I'm <laughs> more than happy to write out a check, even if the Red Sox end up losing in the ALCS. Uh, I call it board money, guys. I, I'd be more than happy to take that check, give it to our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook, take it, it's yours, just so I don't have to see the duck boats, and just so I don't have to see another championship for a team that was perennial losers. They found ways to lose, now they just keep finding ways to win. Oh, it's just, it's nauseating.
1: It's nauseating. <laughs> how, how about that as a potential matchup? I, I mentioned that when we first heard the show. Doesn't it feel like every few years, Giants or the Red Sox win it? But they've never matched up, right? 04, 07, 13, 18, the Red Sox, 10, 12, 14 Giants. They've never actually converged. John, that might be it this year. Maybe we're, maybe we're bound for a Red Sox-Giants. World series. It does feel like those two teams have this weird, like, No one believes in us, and we just keep winning here.
2: Well, guys, from a television standpoint, you know that Fox would love to see the Red Sox in the World Series, and if they get the Giants and the Dodgers either way, they're going to be very happy. And, you know, you think about the AL, they're in good shape no matter what because Boston, big market, great tradition. Chicago, if they pull off some comeback, you got the South Side involved. And if you have the Astros, they're the team everybody loves to hate. All you need to know about this postseason, guys, I didn't think it was humanly possible that I could find myself rooting for the Eastern Astros. I will be hooting and hollering for Dusty Baker, for Jose Altuve, for Bregman, for Correa. I I hope they cheat if they beat the Red Sox. Whatever it takes, like (laughs) anything to avoid the Red Sox in the World Series again. Please, anything.
0: Uh, Let's transition to a little bit of football. Are you going to be lacing them up for the Giants this weekend?
2: Um, well, I don't want to play behind that offensive line. Uh, I think that's the problem. You know, if you could get me a little bit of an offensive line to work with and I could sling it all over the field, maybe. Uh, the Giants are, you know, a team that was flawed going into the year. They started off 0-3. They have that great come-from-behind win against the New Orleans Saints. And, you know, last week going into the matchup against Dallas, I would say around town there was a sense of optimism. There was a sense of hope that if they could beat the Cowboys and get to two and three, that, you know, they're alive and well in the division. Well, when you lose your quarterback, you lose your running back, you lose your number one wide receiver, and now Kadarius Toney, who is the breakout star of week five, he goes down in addition, and now you got the Rams, the Chiefs, the Bucs, the Panthers all on your schedule within the next five weeks. At one and four, the Giants are completely cut, guys. They would be lucky to get two of their next 5 games. With this schedule, with their predicament, lucky to get two of the next 5. So think about it. They're 1 and 4. If they go 2 and 3 in that stretch, oh, what does that put them at? 3 and 7. You see, I I don't care who you are. This is not last year's NFC East. At 3 and 7 this year, you're donezo. So, another year where it seems like the Giants season has gone right in the toilet.
1: Well, you, John, you just mentioned it there. It's not last year's NFCs. Last year, you could you could wake up and decide. I think the, at one point, Washington was had one or two wins late November. They won the division. Dallas is good. Are you buying in? Dallas, only team in the NFL undefeated against the spread so far this year. Are you buying into Dallas? It's not just good, not just NFCs. Do you think they can get to the Super Bowl?
2: I think they have a chance. Dallas is legit, and I give Mike McCarthy credit. I roasted him last year. I roasted him in his last couple years with the Packers. Because he kind of seemed like a coach who was stuck in his ways. The way he has adapted, the way he has adjusted, he's far more aggressive. He's going for it a lot more. I think if you guys follow me on Twitter, nothing bothers me more than when I see conservative coaching and I see coaches playing not to lose and kicking field goals and pumping and forth and short situations. McCarthy has realized I got an unbelievable offense. I got that. I got a two-headed monster with Zeke and Tony Pollard. I got weapons go on the outside. My defense is better than it was a year ago. I am coaching far more aggressively. And I think it has made a difference for the Dallas Cowboys. And yeah, Joe, I think it's pretty simple in the NFC's. They are queer cut, hands down the team to beat. And I think they'll be right there with the Bucs and the Rams and the Cardinals as legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Let me put it this way. I think Dallas is more of a Super Bowl can, contender than the Packers this year. If I had to take one of those two and invest in Super Bowl odds, I think Dallas is a more dangerous team.
0: Yeah, there's no question; they're the more dangerous, more explosive offense right now. Uh, we're we're constantly reminded with young players, progress isn't linear, and it happened in the London game. Like we wanted Zach Wilson to take that next step and continue to improve. But he took a couple of steps back against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, where, where are we with Zach Wilson and uh, your thoughts on if, if you're constantly tempted by backing the Jets since they're going to be underdogs most of the year?
2: Well, guys, confession. I was dumb enough to bet the Jets on Sunday. And I think it was a lesson twofold. Number one, don't bet the London game. Number two, <laughs> don't bet on the New York Jets. Those are like two <laughs> rules that we should have moving forward. Uh, Wilson's got to take the safer throw. He's got an arm, he's got mobility, he's got talent. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt there. But if you watch that game Sunday and if you've watched him over the first couple of games this year, the safe throw within the pocket, the easy throw within the pocket, he's not making it. He's not taking it. You have to take it. Then the big play will come. But you know what? Sometimes a five-yard out on first and 10 is a productive, positive play. On third and three, you know what? Finding a guy, extending the play, and getting a first down, sometimes that's more important than trying to force a ball into double or triple coverage. Wilson has got to be smarter. He's got to grow in learning the simplistics of playing the position. He does that. He can have success. But right now, that's the issue, the simple safe throw for Zach.
1: John Jastrzemski of the Ringer. We appreciate it hopping on. This is BeckQL presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, right here on the BeckQL Network.